0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believed.
1: Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15, 10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Oh, big
0: Holy. <laughs> There's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes. Don't throw the end down. Battle
1: intercepted. Picked off at of the end zone. Bucs are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. all oh, Tampa Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire! Brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there, the cannons going Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing.
0: Them. Now that everybody has had a chance to catch their breath, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today for episode 232. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Tampa Bay is 10-3 after an absolutely insane overtime thriller in Raymond James Stadium. Tom Brady and the Red and Pewter remain undefeated in their home stadium for the 2021 season as they knock off the Buffalo Bills 33-27, to a 58-yard touchdown in overtime from Brashad Perryman. His only catch of the day is the only one that matters. A win is a win is a win, and uh, the Buccaneers go out and win a game that, frankly... Shouldn't have been as close as it was, but we'll talk about all of that and more over the next hour or so. Mr. Evan Wanish, how are you feeling, my friend?
1: Well, I will say real quick before before I get into it, um you said it red in the Red and Pewter, but they were in red and white today, so they're 2-0, yeah, 2-0 hey, the in the red and whites this year.
0: Yeah, 2-0, the only uniform combination we have that is still undefeated. And uh, who is the only Bucks fan you know who has been clamoring for this uniform combination for almost two years now?
1: Oh, thank you, Red. I, I know I have. And Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, <laughs>
0: pal. Listen, this is uh, low well, Okay, low-key. but you're not that
1: guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy.
0: <laughs> well, uh, regardless, I mean, the fact that they were wearing red jerseys at home is always a good sign, but something about those red jerseys, the white pants, it's just a callback to like, I don't know, man. It reminds me a lot of 2010-2011 where it felt like they wore that combo at home more than they did, like, the red and pewter. Because, I mean, even, you know, for years, the Bucks have worn white at home. But mm-hmm. a lot of the years, especially if it's a 1 o'clock day game, if they're wearing red jerseys, you better believe they got the white pants on. But it has been a successful color combination for any of those superstitious people out there. And uh, it's low-key my favorite, especially if they keep winning in them the way that they do. Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at BetOnline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav A V five zero to receive your bonus. online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this is a... It's a crazy game. Um, you thought the Colts game was nuts. This one was even more nuts. Um, pounded back to back to me, right? Okay. I predicted thirty-one to twenty-seven, and it was thirty-three to twenty-seven. So, okay, yeah, you know. But the good news: the Bucks undefeated streak at home remains. The Bucks streak at home of scoring thirty-plus points also remains. Wouldn't have been possible without overtime. So. The overtime was actually a blessing, I guess. Yeah, right? right can, I guess. can we go? Can we <laughs> roll with that pick? <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know uh I mean, you know, we're less than a couple of hours after the game, so it still might be a touchy subject for a lot of people. A game that I'd say 99% of folks who watched the game should have never gotten to overtime. At halftime, the Bucks had a 21 point lead, 24 to 3, and some way, somehow the Bills made some adjustments at the half. Their defense was able to neutralize Tom Brady. That offense only put up three points in the second half. Meanwhile, Buffalo put up 17 unanswered points to tie it up, 27 to 27, and send this game into overtime. So, like I was just saying, you know, it's a tale of two halves for the Bucks. I think this is uh, something we talked about less than two or three weeks ago. When you look at what they were able to do, but this one kind of played out the opposite this week. It's it's wild because. Looking at this game, the first half was probably the best complimentary football I've seen all year from Tampa Bay. I mean, the offense was humming. They were doing what they needed to do. Leonard Fournette got us on the board. The run game was a little questionable coming into this one because it was hard not to want to run the ball against a team that, you know, just got beat by a quarterback who only threw three passes the entire game. So obviously it was there but a big storyline of what we covered on the game preview show, as far as this offensive game plan is like, take what you're given, right? Be patient. The big shots, not always going to be there, but if you can get the run game going early, make it a little bit easier on Brady, it's obviously going to get this offense rolling and then play action, like, you know, complimentary football. And that's what we saw from the bucks in the first half, Leonard Fournette, 47 yards to the crib to put the bucks up seven and nothing. And then up by halftime, it was 24 to three, but, Richard Sherman played a game at safety. He got his first career interception as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I mean, the pass rush looked good early, right? I thought that was another thing, too. Like, the pass rush showed up early and often. Josh Allen is one of those guys where you weren't really sure how much you wanted to blitz him. And the Bucs were blitzing him, but they were sending a bunch of different guys at him. They were sending guys on corner blitz. They were sending safeties at him. I mean, the occasional linebacker. But if there is like one star on that defense that I want to give some credit to for the first half, I wouldn't say a star, but a guy who uh, deserves his props this week. I thought Andrew Adams had a really strong first half. That's one of the better games we've seen from him in a Bucks uniform, aside from that three touchdown pr- performance against the Panthers a couple of years ago. But I mean, this first half for the Bucs, you couldn't have asked for much better probably could have taken advantage at the end of the half after the Richard Sherman touchdown because if i remember correctly they didn't get any points they had to punt well, the ball away and that you know a touchdown there would have made buffalo it buffalo
1: actually got it to around midfield when when they gave it back Yeah. Um, after they they didn't so yeah
0: yeah i mean a touchdown there makes it 31 to 3 you really didn't expect the bucks to get another shot on offense before the half thank god for the sherman interception but you know aside from that holding a team like Buffalo to 17 points over the first half that, that that was great. It was some of the best football I've seen the bucks play this year uh, in all three phases of the game. But as we know, you know, we'll talk about the collapse in the second half here in a minute, but what are your thoughts on that first half of play?
1: Uh, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. It was one of the, the, the most, uh, you could say dominant, I guess, uh, halves of football against a quality opponent uh, that they have played. I, I still believe that the Buffalo Bills are a good football team. Um, I, I still believe that they are, you know, they are a good team, and I I do believe they'll end up in the playoffs. And I think once they get in the playoffs, man, they could be dangerous. I I really do believe that. Um, so yeah, just to have that type of performance uh, in in the first half, um, like you said, sort of, you know, the offense and defense kind of playing off of each other. Um, yeah, the offense really doing its job, had a little bit of a hiccup, couldn't score uh, down the red zone, had to kick a field goal, make it 10-0. Um, uh, the very first play with the fumble, uh, Ryan Jensen, that's really the first like truly horrible snap I've seen from him. But... And,
0: and, and I kind of thought that was going to be more concerning than it ended up being just because Jensen had popped up on the injury report this week. Like, I know a bad snap by a center is usually a rarity, but – I wasn't sure if like that was going to be a factor, but luckily it wasn't no more, uh, no more bad snaps after that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They they were, you know, they they were pretty good. And like you said, just like I complimentary, right. Really just, I said, again, playing off of each other and feeding off of each other. The defense didn't have any turnovers, but they, they didn't really need any turnovers. And yes, they got the one late I'm talking about early on when the Bucks were keep, you know, when they built that lead, right. Well, um, when, when they built the lead, it wasn't like they were given the offense short fields. Like, you know, it wasn't like they had a pick and all of a sudden the offense was in field goal range. Like it wasn't really like that. Um, the one time they did was when they didn't actually score any points. So that shows you how good the offense really was in the first half. And I thought the defense was, you know, was really good that buffalo's tackles were having just such a hard time keeping up and the Bucks were throwing a lot of exotic looks at them that i, I don't think buffalo was really ready for uh, i think buffalo had the mindset that they were going to be able to maybe not you know stand in the pocket for seven eight seconds but buy it enough time for Josh Allen to hit some guys on some deep shots, Savon Diggs and Gabriel Davis and stuff like that, to hit those guys on deep shots. And it just wasn't there in the first half. And on honestly, it wasn't there in the second half either, because that's not how they got back in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, really a um, you know, really um a really good performance and wow willie beeman with the 25 hour super chat
0: let's go willie Uh, hello guys i'm sending
1: this super chat so you guys can go to five guys instead thank you willie (laughs) i will be going to five guys yeah unbelievable game from start to finish rhett you are a fantastic host fill in for james love that first half second half lousy till the end i will say rhett's call um of the brashad perryman overtime winner Go back and, and sk- you know, you. Know, I'm not going to tell you to watch the whole three-hour it's, thing.
0: It's, it's right um, around the two-and-a-half two hour or two hours and 40-minute
1: no, mark. The the whole video was three hours and 47 minutes.
0: Okay, so maybe it's three hours and 42 minutes. Forgive me, all right? I, I've been talking yeah, well, and into You were the one that was on it. So. I've been talking into a microphone for the past four <laughs> hours, so, um, you know, some of the time starts to mesh together a little bit.
1: So, yeah, I will say, you know – uh not to take anything away from James, but that was a very good call uh, of of the play, but by, by Rhett there. So um, you could tell at first he thinks it's Chris Godwin, and then he th- realizes it's Rashard Perryman, but he ends up screaming it, and um, he he we were talking before the thing and he was probably thinking my neighbor was probably like going nuts. And, um, so yeah, really good. Go check that out. Uh, Rhett did a great job filling in for James who unfortunately couldn't, couldn't make it. James will be back next week though. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, Rhett did a really great job.
0: Thanks man. I had a lot of
1: fun doing it. Shout out to our
0: guy, Mr. Bucks nation for letting me fill in on his game day reaction stream. I had a lot of fun, especially talking with the people in the chat. As we look back at this game and, and talk a little bit more about what the Bucs were able to do in the first half, I do want to give them credit here as well. Um, how about the penalties, man? It didn't seem like, you know, four penalties for 24 yards is the total tally. Uh, I think the Bills finished with seven for 65 yards is actually what I'm looking at here. So, I mean, second half, things started to fall apart a little bit, but I thought for the most part the Bucs have played some of the more disciplined football uh, at this point in the season, as well, that was that was also nice to see.
1: And you're going to need to do that against a good team, right? I mean, it's, I know everybody's going to look at you know the 24 to three thing, and I'll get into it, but like you know, it's not like you were you were up 24 to three against the Chicago Bears, and then you ended up blowing that game. You know, th- this game, to me, even when it was 24 to three, I didn't think it was going to be a 21 point win. Like I, I, I didn't. I thought the Bucks obviously was very confident the Bucks were going to win, um, and maybe even by double digits. But I didn't think it was just going to be a second half was going to be a cruise, and Blaine Gabbert was going to end up in the fourth quarter. Like I didn't think that because Buffalo is is still I, I truly believe they're they are a really good football team, and um, you know you're not going to keep them down for forever. So it, it was really nice to see the Bucks jump on them, but you know, like I said, you're not going to keep them down. And one of the reasons that maybe the Bucks lose this game, if they're a little bit more undisciplined and take a little bit more penalties, uh, you know, it's definitely a possibility. Um, So yeah, they've been doing a great job of cleaning up the penalties the past few weeks. And you're going to have to carry that over because um, I mean, even next weekend, the saints penalties destroyed you in week eight versus the saints. and, And you can't let it happen again with the chance to, to clinch the division.
0: Yeah, and even though they are seven and six after this week, speaking to the type of team that the Bills are, uh, I guess we should just go ahead and get into it. The second half collapse for Tampa Bay, as you mentioned, the score was 24 to three at the half, and uh, things kind of unraveled. The Bills really took what Todd Bowles was giving them, and, and they made the most out of their adjustments. I mean, Josh Allen worked on getting the ball out a lot faster. It was short passes. And then even the introduction of the run game, I don't think they had a single rushing attempt outside of Josh Allen in the first yeah, half of that game. By the not. way, Josh Allen finished with over 100 yards rushing on the day, so that should kind of tell you the uh, the pressure he was under. You know, they, they put up 17 unanswered points in the second half, and, and the Bucks' offense could only really muster three. Now, here's the thing with the Bucks' offense, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on them first. We'll talk about Tom Brady and his day. Uh, For TB12, his stat line was this, 31 for 46 yards, 363 yards, and two total touchdowns, no interceptions for the first time in a while, it feels like, but a pretty good day for Tom, right? Here's my biggest issue with what happened with the offense, especially in the second half. Before the game, we talked about how you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to take what the Bills' defense gives you, and those those big 20 to 30 to 40-yard shots downfield They're not going to be there every play like they usually are when you play the Dolphins, when you play the Bears. You're going to have to be patient. But I noticed that, like, while they were taking what Buffalo was giving them, when they did take those shots, they just weren't hitting any of them. Like it really didn't feel like Brady was hitting anybody. And half the time, I'd say it was just a bad throw. The other half of the time, I think we could blame the drops on the receivers. Brashad Perryman had a target earlier in the game. He dropped that one. There was another critical conversion third down that they were looking for, couldn't connect. Multiple times today, he didn't hit Rob Gronkowski. I mean, there were several instances of just not being able to connect, and those were the shots where those guys were downfield because the most important thing about all of those plays that I just mentioned is I'm pretty sure the receiver was open on every single one. They just couldn't make it happen. So I I definitely think that contributes to why this offense was only able to put up three points in the second half after uh, Buffalo adjusted.
1: Yeah, so... There was I understand the deep shots thing and I, I get the frustration. Um, I will say, like you said though, they they really did take what Buffalo gave them. Buffalo was giving them the deep shots because every time you never really saw Tom Brady throw it in a double coverage, it was one on one with the receiver. Like you know, you had a few times with Gronkowski, had a few times with Mike Evans, I think. Um, but it it was pretty much one on one with the receiver. So I don't really have much of an issue with the decision there. Um, you know, he he did miss a few balls. It seemed like every time he threw it over the middle, um, it it was kind of a little bit off the one to Gronkowski, uh, the one to to Chris Godwin. And most of the time, those throws would happen on third down, which unfortunately, you know, you know, can't really happen. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a good Brady game. Wasn't a great Brady game. Um, he was obviously much better in the in the first half and the second half, but the whole team was. So I'm not really going to harp on it too much for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, you know, he did miss some throws. There were there was definitely a lot of opportunities missed there. Um, because it, there there was a few like open guys. It wasn't just like the buff you know buffalo's playing good defense there was times when they were like there was times they made good plays
0: rob gronkowski in the end zone i think about jordan poyer playing physical trying to cover gronk that was a it was a great defensive play like brady couldn't have put that ball any better it was just 21 made an awesome play
1: yeah sometimes you know they're getting paid too so they're they're getting paid to stop you you know sometimes you got to give them credit um you know, it can't always be, oh, it's the quarterback's fault. Well, maybe the defender just made a good play. Maybe the receiver made a fantastic catch. Um, Yeah, but Brady, you know, like I said, the, the ones that he did miss, it was critical because they were on third down. I, I think the, that was the the critical factor. Um, And they, they led the punts, and that led to – I'm not going to – People might be angry at me, but I'm not gonna sit here and harp on the defense too much because when your offense only puts up three points in an entire half of football, you can't expect a defense that is constantly being on the field to, you know, to stop them all the time. Um, but when you know your your offense can barely even pick up yardage. I mean, let alone it's not like they're having these four or five minute drives that just weren't resulting in points. No, I mean, they were on the field for a minute and a half, and then that was it uh and the defense had to go right back out so uh, i'm not you know, obviously the defense needs to be better but i'm not going to harp on them too much they made a big time play it, you know to force a field goal and uh to also you know in the overtime uh, the, the the third down in the overtime that was huge um I, I you know a little bias here but both times obviously involving carlton davis and stefan Diggs. um I thought it was good. No calls. They're both hand fighting. Yeah. When, it, it, to me, when, it, when you're both hand fighting, you just, you can't, you can't call it.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of physicality. And I think there were several times in this game where either Tom Brady was looking for a flag. Cause there's a couple plays. I remember where he literally threw it at the receiver who was, you know, a victim of defensive pass interference. And I think he threw it that direction. So the referees would see it, but you talked about the offense in the second half and how, you know, things just started to slow down and, and start to get more painful. And I think that's what made this overtime even worse. Not only because the Bills got the ball first, the defense was able to, you know, do what they needed to do, but Brady and the Bucks come out, the Bills get an awesome kick, right? I mean, from the six-yard line. The Bucks had to go ninety-four yards to win this game. And that's <laughs> Those first four plays were just painful. I mean, the Leonard Fournette first down conversion, oh my God, it was painful. Like They really seemed like they had to earn every single inch of that game-winning drive. And then Rashad Perryman popping off with the 58-yard touchdown reception at the very end, even that was one of those things where it was, you know,
1: well, I don't know if you noticed. I think the ball was tipped a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I
0: I thought he was either tackled like right where he caught it or it was just incomplete.
1: Well, I thought, I thought he was gonna, I thought he was going to get tackled. Eventually he just kept running the, the bills, the bills didn't have any safety help. And uh, I was waiting for a safety to come down to tackle him. I was thinking, okay, you know um, I was thinking, okay, they'll get a field goal and stuff like whatever. But I was like, Oh, he just, there was nobody there uh kind of kind of like the Stefan Diggs thing a few years ago in the, with the Minnesota you know Diggs, you're thinking like where's the line, guy
0: touchdown
1: yeah, where's the guy oh there is nobody um so yeah I so Brady's Mahome's daddy says I thought he was a little short to be honest um I, I if he's referring to I, Leonard fournette I, I I thought he was too at first I I didn't yeah I I didn't I, I thought he got it I thought it was pretty clear um Emily asked coach Evan where do you learn to hide those yawns so well yeah i actually you know it mostly from school um you know did, did, did a great job in the film room trying to correct it trying to see you know my past my my past a uh, yawn form and, and seeing you know how i can improve well it's a week to week thing though uh, yeah. and you know Go ahead. It, well, and luckily now we're in the uh, we're in the Zoom education era.
0: Makes it yeah. so easy to just run the tape back, right? Go back right. And, yeah. and look yeah. at stuff that needs to be fixed. I, I mean, I think it's a great advantage. Taking notes. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Always yeah. room to get yeah. better. Yeah, but I um, yeah, just an insane game for Tampa Bay, despite the offense stalling out in the second half. I want to go over some other top performers for the Buccaneers today. Let's talk about this man right here, regular season Lenny, all season Lenny. Mr. Fournette, 19 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown for Lenny. I think that 47-yard touchdown might, you know, skewer those stats a little bit, but it's safe to say that for yet another week in a row, Leonard Fournette has definitely made the most of the carries he's been given. I mean, you know, they were showing some, uh, some camera shots of Ronald Jones on the sideline at the end of the game, and I don't know if I've ever seen him more demoralized just Sitting there on the bench, I I, I...
1: well, his team was blowing the game. Oh yeah,
0: sure. I mean, a lot of those guys
1: they were showing on the sideline were definitely sweating. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, you would have had a bigger issue if Ronald Jones is sitting over there laughing and stuff. And
0: but just for another (laughs) for another week in a row, I think it's safe to say that you know Lenny's still the guy, right? I I mean, no question, he's that guy. He's that guy, pal.
1: Trust me, he's that guy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'm, not yet. Yeah, there isn't a question. I mean, a great run, uh, great block by Donovan Smith. Just oh yeah, absolutely man. I think it was I think it was Ali Marpet. If if that's what I'm thinking of, it was
0: run to the right well, on, side. on the on the touchdown
1: run. Yeah, no, Donovan Smith blew the one guy up. Oh, I thought
0: Ali Marpet got the lead block on that one. I don't know. Film solves all. We'll figure it
1: out here. Yeah, but film solves regardless, all with my, uh, with, with my yawns and Leonard yeah, for that touchdown run. There
0: you go. But also a strong day from the offensive line. I know the Bills got, I think, two sacks on the day. Um, one of them was pretty late in the game. Bucks were fortunately able to recover after that. But uh, I thought the offensive line did their thing for yet another week in a row. And in the run game, you saw a lot of great lead blocks from those big athletic guys up front. Somebody else who had a strong day, Chris Godwin, led the team in receiving 10 receptions, 105 yards for CG. Mike Evans had a great game as well, 6 receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Evans, by the way, was a conversion machine today. Seemed like he was getting more third-down conversions than anybody else out there. And then that touchdown in the corner of the end zone, that might have been catch of the year for Mike Evans. Man,
1: oh man. Yeah, that was... uh... That was a dart by Brady and a fantastic catch by Evans. Just yeah, it really, was, really it, fantastic.
0: It was a matter of inches. I don't remember the DB who was covering Mike Evans, but Brady put it where only big number 13 could get it, and he u- literally used all of his athleticism to get up there and get it. I-, I said on the live stream, it wasn't as flashy, but the motion he made to get the ball gave me shades of that one catch against the Falcons on primetime, the-, the game you were at, right? You know that Mm -hmm. sideline, one-handed catch that he had? Again, wasn't as flashy, wasn't a one-handed catch, but just the execution, the way he bent his body, I don't know. It was pretty incredible. Make sure you guys go check that out. Rob Gronkowski, Big 87, had five catches this week for 62 yards. Probably could have had eight catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown, but that's neither here nor there. And then uh, Rashad Perryman, of course, I mentioned him before. One reception on the day, the only one that mattered. 58 yards and a touchdown. Welcome back to Tampa Bay, Rashad Perryman.
1: All right, so I got some some news here. All right, Tony has acknowledged that Mike Evans showed up big time.
0: Yeah, did, did we? Tony get it? in
1: in the chat has acknowledged oh, that Mike Evans my played Oh, well. My
0: goodness, I I mean, I know, I know. That's a wild take from from our buddy Tony Baloney. Maybe, what? just maybe, he might shed the uh, the I'm moniker. Of Tony Baloney, Maybe we'll just start calling him Tony. Huh? Maybe. Maybe, huh? maybe. Yeah, that's how you know Mike Evans had a big day if Tony Baloney of all people, is out here singing his praises. But, you know, aside from the collapse in the second half, I, I think the fact that the Bucks were able to take control in the first the way that they were, jump on a team like Buffalo, um, is definitely a good sign. Now, the adjustments after the second half has to be fixed. And, of course, we'll talk about it as the season goes on. But I think overall, a win is a win is a win. And the Buccaneers are 10-3 and three for the first time since God knows when. One more question for you, though, because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm happy we won. I'm happy we're 10-3. and three. I'm happy for Brashad Perryman because that guy has low-key been trashed since he got here. He finally got his in front of the home stadium. Bucks stay undefeated in Ray J. Like, I'm happy. But I'm still pretty mad. And I'm still mm-hmm. pretty mad at, at this coaching staff or whoever thought it was a good idea to burn a timeout with a minute and four seconds left. So let me go ahead and run you through the situation here. It's the second half. Well, it's the fourth quarter. There's a minute and four seconds left in the game. The Buffalo Bills are out of timeouts. They are driving down the field behind three points. It's 27 to 24. And basically, they either tie it up with a field goal, send it to overtime, or they score a go-ahead touchdown to make it a four-point game, given they get the PAT no timeouts for buffalo clock is running the buccaneers have two timeouts and depending on the efficiency of buffalo on this drive they could have a chance to get the ball back with a little bit of time left on the clock like maybe 25 30 seconds you know yeah you're you're not yeah you're you're not doing anything with like that it, time, it was most likely it, right it was one of those things where it's you know contingency last possible ditch effort to get a touchdown. You'd like to have those timeouts, but regardless, it's a running clock for Buffalo. They have no timeouts. They're creeping up on the red zone. Minute and four seconds left. Somebody calls a timeout. I mean, they showed Tom Brady on the sidelines, his reaction to that timeout. He literally looked around and he said, what happened? So I don't know if they just called a timeout because the defense was gassed and maybe they were about to give up a game-blowing touchdown, but like, what, what were your thoughts? Because I... I thought that was absolutely ridiculous, and I I still kind of haven't gotten over it because it very much could have cost them the game.
1: I'm um, yeah, I'm not gonna harp on it too much um, because the simple fact I think he called the timeout because the defense was gassed. I I just think he saw how his players were reacting, his he saw the body language and thought they needed a break. Like it's it's it sounds dumb, and I wish I could explain it better, but um, you know I I. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't know what to tell you. Um, I just think they needed a break. Simple. Um, was it, you know, the best time? No. Would I have called it? No. But like, I just, I think that's the reasoning. I, I think this they just needed a breather. Um, so, I mean, Tony says he doesn't call plays. He doesn't go to offensive meetings. Be better, Bruce. Well, I mean, he doesn't call plays, but Tony, that Tony, doesn't mean... Tony
0: shifting his focus from Mike yeah. Evans to, to Bruce Tony, Arians.
1: Tony Tony was like, "Oh, I might be shedding this nickname. I need to do something to get it back." Um, so I I mean the one thing I will say is like Bruce Arians does have a hand. Like I know this for a fact. Like he has a hand in the game plan. Like each week, like the offensive game plan. So like he's not just sitting there absolutely like doing nothing. Like he, I I know that for a fact. Um. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, was it the best time for a timeout? No, but, like, that's the explanation I can give you. It's very simple. I just think he felt his defense needed a break, or God forbid, they. Josh Allen throws a long ball over Sean Murphy Bunting, because Sean Murphy Bunting is completely gassed. I mean, who knows? I just think it's simple. They needed a drink of water. They needed a break, and, <laughs> and that's what they did. I, I and think- and at that at that point, you know, Maybe you know you do get the ball back with a little bit of time that saves you. Who knows?
0: And I mean, I think you can agree with me here, though. If the Bucks would have lost this game, you know that timeouts probably the only thing people are going to be talking about for the rest of the week.
1: Like it was, no, it was no, win, no, lose, or draw. I, it was I, a pretty I mean, pivotal moment. No, no, they 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 would have blown a twenty-four to three lead. That well, timeout yeah, would not have been. That's what pretty the, awful. They were
0: about. No, I think a lot of people would have been harping on the timeout. No, no.
1: All right. No, they they would have blown a 24 to three lead. Nobody would be caring about a timeout.
0: No, I I guess that's true. But the fact of the matter is we don't have to have that conversation because the Buccaneers did indeed win today's game. So as we kind of look back at uh, this game in a whole, I I wanted to toss it back over to you. Did you have any storylines coming out of this one or or anything that you're going to be paying close attention to? You know, what are your biggest takeaways from week 14?
1: Yeah, um y- you know, I-, I saw a few people. Um, well, I'll just speak on the the whole the whole unit. Uh I thought it was a very quiet Vitavea in the Namakinsu game. Uh, but um yeah, I do think it's because Buffalo just wasn't really running, and when they did, they were running to the outside, as I told you. And you suggested that i would be an offensive coordinator. I should. Um so. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, um, I, I think that the game plan just didn't really include them. Right. I mean, and credit to Shaq Barrett, who in the first half was a beast. Um, you know, I, I think the, the Packers as a whole sort of got neutralized in the second half because of what Buffalo was doing with the quick stuff. I mean, they weren't, they didn't want Alan to hold the ball at all. Um, which I didn't really realize that Buffalo's offensive line was that bad. Like, dude, in the first half, like Allen couldn't do anything. Like, it looked like the Super Bowl. Like, it seriously did. Allen, you know, just running around. It looked like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think if they don't make those adjustments, would have been the same thing. So, I do think uh, it was a really good Jack Barrett game. It was a decent Jason Beer and paul game. I know some people gave him flack. uh, you know, because they want to see Joe Tronchenko play more. I get it. I do, too. But I, I didn't think Pierre Paul was bad today. Um, well, how about uh, real quick? Just how about Joe Tryon and
0: maybe what he was able to do today? If there's one thing I noticed about him early, he was kicking ass. But as the game kind of went on and, you know, the Bills started to get some more momentum on offense, it seemed like some of those guys weren't able to really finish the pressure back in the pocket. Like I know, Joe Tryon missed a tackle on Josh Allen once or twice. Carlton Davis was sent on a blitz and well, like almost Tryon, had him. Tryon
1: missed the tackle that led to the Josh Allen touchdown. Yeah. that was his yeah. run. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I, he he was good, right? I I, mean, I, I thought he was good, um, but I thought tackling wasn't great. Raise Mahomes' home's daddy says I. Tackling was a heck of a lot better this week than was last week. So I, I don't know. I thought it was fine. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, and, and we were talking before the show, you were like, you know, Oh, I was about to be furious and stuff. I'm sure you were too. And I was, I told you I, I was serious. I was like, no, I, I really thought the entire time even when the bills got it to 27, 17 and 27, 24, I was like, the books are going to win. I was like, they're, they're going to win. I, I, predicted 3127 ended up being 3327 and I just i felt I felt that little voice crack I felt that um you know just I just always felt confident it was a weird confidence maybe it's because they were at home maybe that's why I, I don't really know um but I just I never really felt that it was in doubt um but yeah I mean also real quick before we forget shout out to Pat O'Connor for snuffing out the fake punt. Yeah, right? I mean that yeah. was a, uh, yeah that that's one. I I believe either the Bucks scored a field goal or they didn't score anything on that drive after the fake punt, and that's one of them. Um, you're looking at the the interception, not getting anything, and then the which shout out Richard Sherman first interception as a Buck. Um, I you know he's why isn't he playing safety his whole career? I mean he plays one game of safety and he gets a pick. Yeah, right. Um. So you know, I, I'm not really, not really sure. I don't believe they scored on that. Um, but I mean, that's another missed opportunity, right? So the Bucks definitely had a lot of opportunities to, to, to put them away, right? Make it thirty-one-three. At the, you know, maybe even 38-3, like, you know, it's, it it it, really felt like it can't all be perfect, but you know, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, aside from the collapse in the second half, there were just so many in this, uh, so many points in this game where, like you said, it felt like they were so close to just putting them away, right? I felt like I was telling myself that entire second half, like, look, if they can get a touchdown this game is likely out of reach because it would have still been a three possession game. I mean, they had an opportunity to keep it a two possession game with under what 8 minutes left to go in the game. Mm-hmm. Like that that's you know, that's a big deal. So, you have to take advantage when you're playing good teams like the Bills are. You have to take every advantage that you're given. But I think the most important takeaway is that regardless of it not being perfect on either side of the ball for all four quarters, a win is a win, and I think honestly, I, th- I think a championship team is going to win a game like they did today because you know we've seen the writing on the wall for so many years. If the Bucks have a big big lead, or just a lead in general, and then a it's team going away. and then a team forces overtime, like usually I'd feel pretty terrible about overtime, and I felt pretty terrible today. But luckily, we had the goat under center, and they were able to go out there and get the job done. But you know, the Bucks have definitely changed the tone these last few seasons about the games that they are going to lose and the games that they are just simply not. And I'm glad that today against a quality opponent way back at the beginning of the year, an opponent that a lot of people, I think, including myself, picked us to lose against. They stepped up. I, d- I did as well. Yeah, they stepped up today and they showed us exactly why they are still a Super Bowl contender.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, A few things from the chat. Uh, There's a lot of Bills jerseys in the stands. Look, I I, I see the complaints about that. That's just Florida. Like, it's just – it's always going to be that way with certain teams – um, well like i mean it's not it's, gonna be that way with every team but like with certain teams it's it's gonna be that way
0: if the steelers ever play a tampa game here soon yeah. you'll see it again you'll see just a bunch of terrible towels like
1: steelers eagles giants cowboys all the Packers. annoying fan
0: bases essentially are gonna be showing out yeah. because most of them have left their cold and miserable state to come stay down in the best city in florida or
1: or you know they they do like what what me and my family do they they come down they plan a vacation around going to a game so um that that's mostly the reason i don't really i get it like it's frustrating it's a home game you don't want that many but at the same time like that's just florida It it just it comes there's a there's a lot of opposing fans at the dolphins games there's a lot of opposing fans at jacksonville games it's just. It happens, right? I mean, look at the, some of the Chargers games. The Chargers games are filled with opposing fans. It's it, it happens. So, uh, Tony says he'd like to see more man coverage. Zone just makes it too easy for opponents. I yeah, I think you will see more man coverage now that everybody is back, pretty much. I just think it's tough to ask uh, of your corners. To play man coverage when they're third, fourth, fifth string guys. Uh, but I think now that you, you have those guys all back and Jamel Dean left the, the game with an illness. Um, he did not return. So we'll see about him. Um, but I think you'll see more, man. It's tough. It's tough to play man when you're playing fourth, fifth string corners, but when you have your guys, I think you will eventually see a little bit more man coverage. I still think you're going to see mostly zone, but I think you'll see more man, which I even saw today a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I I just eventually you will see it, I do believe.
0: Yeah, and uh, on the injury front as well, we mentioned Jamel Dean, who should hopefully be back at practice sometime this week. But Gio Bernard also went down. Uh, He was helped off the field by trainers. They put him on a cart. He did not return. He was ruled out with a hip injury. And uh, initial x-rays show that there is no fracture. There is no break. So over the course of the week, hopefully we'll get another update on that. And, of course, keep you guys posted. I was uh I was scrolling on Twitter like a couple of seconds ago and I saw a good buddy of mine John Senning, from 1025 the bone he he put a Bills fan through a table like nice I, I mean that's as poetic as it gets I think it's a great Bills way to do it mafia his... Yeah, dude. Well, he he hit him with the the macho man elbow drop from the top of a Ford Explorer There you go. To put him through. And I mean that that's... doesn't
1: sound like like Florida, you know. Florida times Bill's Mafia. Like yeah, that doesn't Tampa, sound like that.
0: Tampa X Buffalo, right? Yeah. Like the, the crossover event that nobody asked for. But yeah, man, I you know, I thought overall again 33 to 27 your final score. A win is a win is a win, especially when it comes in overtime. Takes a couple of minutes to catch your breath, but the Bucks were able to get it done. As as we start to shut things down for this post-game episode, Evan, I wanted to toss it back over to you. Uh, for one more thing, my friend, do you have anything for the take bag following this game? I know we talked about your takeaways, but now it's, you know, same segment, different name. What what you got for the take bag this week?
1: Yeah, I actually have a few things, and it's both it, two of them have to do with um, fourth downs. One, I do think it was the right decision to kick the field goal and not go for the touchdown to make it 27 to 10. I believe you make it a three sc- score game there every time. You just, you do. I, you can't risk it. If you score a touchdown there, great, whatever. But if you don't, you're still at a two score game. Anytime you have a chance to make it a two score to a three score game, you got to do it. Well, so if, if you don't take that
0: field there. goal, you lose this game uh, 27 to 24, probably. But
1: if you score a touchdown, it doesn't even come to that. So you never, you don't know. You, you just really don't know. Um, so I didn't have an issue with that. Um, the other one, which they, I believe that was, it was after the fake punt Korea. It was after the fake punt. They went for it on fourth down um, and it was batted down. It didn't work almost interception, which, you know, Tom Brady's interceptions this year. I've talked, I spend every episode <laughs> talking about it. Um but I'm shocked that wasn't picked because How? that just seemed like such a pick. Well, is pick.
0: is this the one that I'm thinking of where the ball like flew 50 feet up in the air? Tom caught yeah. it and then it jumps up in the yeah. air again. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that was wild, man. Just another instance of, you know, stuff that only happens in Tampa. It seems like.
1: Yep. Um, I thought that was the right decision to go for on fourth down and not kick the field goal. It would have been about 50, 51 yards. Uh, I thought it was, it was the right decision. So um yeah i didn't have a problem with that i saw like i said i saw some people um i i saw some people arguing about it uh whether you know they should have or shouldn't have gone for that or and also the one with the field goal i just want to get out in front just i didn't have an issue with, with both decisions there uh yeah i tony yeah i can launch james through a table um we're getting no, no we, problem
0: we talked about you know bill's mafia being sent through a table today we're getting some slack here in the live chat for not sending james through a
1: don't no, it, it's coming it's, right. it's coming he, he he begged us not to okay <laughs> he, he he pleaded with us not to he's he told Rhett that he would re- let Rhett do a reactions episode if uh if we didn't and
0: well why, guess... what do you what do you think he left the state uh, I mean, we had actually, planned yeah, exactly. It. We, we were we going to do it. We had planned and to make something happen this weekend. And, you know, he texted he, me two days ago and was like, Hey dude, I, I got to drive, out. you know? Yeah.
1: And I said, yeah, okay. And now he's actually from driving distance. He's closer to me than he is the Rhett. So I might go find him and, and put him through a table. <laughs> so uh, I, I might, uh, you know, I'll fly you down, Evan, just to try it out you fly me down i'll put him through the table i don't care <laughs> sure well uh Great time. well the bucks won folks yeah, so yes that's all did. that matters 10 10 and 3 they unfortunately did not uh were not able to clinch the division because yes the, the falcons won which is a good thing actually this week the falcons winning is a good thing um but because the Panthers lost, but the Saints ended up beating the Jets. So uh, I be- believe all the Bucks have to do next week to clinch the South. They don't really need any other help. All they need is to beat the Saints, which is easier said than done. Um, yeah, well,
0: I mean, you know, what a what a perfect way to set the stage. The Bucks could potentially clinch their first division title in 14 years, yeah, and they do it well, against the team that has, you know, been that Bruce team still
1: still has never beaten the saints it was as the Bucks head coach in the regular season so he's oh what oh and five that's right oh and man. five in the regular season uh that's so rough. here we go real quick i have one more thing um you guys uh, this is from greg allman uh, a lot of people asking about the tiebreakers and stuff since we're talking about um you know the all the matchups and everything uh, Greg Allman sounded a tweet and said, you guys are asking about tiebreakers at NFC seeding. If the Packers lose tonight, the Bucks move ahead to number two in, in the, in the NFC, which I believe right now, the Packers are up 14 to 10. Um, and if the Cardinals also lose tomorrow, then that means that the Bucs would end up being the top seed, um, which is the goal, obviously. Uh, so if the Packers lose tonight and the Cardinals lose tomorrow, the Bucs will be the top seed. Um, so uh, it would be definitely, um, you know, definitely the goal. Like I said, the, the entire goal, the the two goals they laid out this year. I believe Bruce Iring spoke about. It. They didn't win the, the division last year, and they also didn't get home field advantage. They didn't play a home playoff game. So that was their two goals. They could achieve their two goals here, and it'd be pretty nice. Um, yeah, David I'll- Cardona once once a, a post game interview. Hold on, well. We'll i'll, g- I'll get to it we'll, okay. we'll, we'll wrap, wrap up, up the show that.
0: don't you worry but one more thing i want to say i mean not only is it you know poetic that the bucks could get their first division title in however many years against new orleans next week
1: but Dante's th- making fun of james what? <laughs> hey guys what's going on?
0: <laughs> well uh you know I, I think it's important that not only the bucks just continue to win but if not only can they get their first division title next week but Let's say Green Bay ends up losing, which doesn't seem likely at this point, but you never know. The NFL is the NFL. Let's say Arizona ends well, up losing. Well, the
1: Bears are up seventeen to fourteen now. So. Are they really?
0: Yeah. Wow. Never say never. <laughs> Is it, uh, is it Andy Dalton driving for Chicago? No, or it's, it's Fields? Justin
1: Fields. I believe in Justin Fields. He's my rookie of the year if he wins this game. Look at that, man. Well, potentially an exciting and yes, matchup. And, and yes, on- the the Bucks would not win the tiebreaker with Green Bay, but the Bucks would have 10 wins while Green Bay would have nine. So that's how the Bucs would end up the two seed. Yeah, so – Pretty good situation for the Bucks to be in, but you,
0: you know what's important at this point in the season is uh, just win. Just keep winning. It doesn't matter. Don't pay attention to the news. Don't pay attention to the tiebreakers. Don't pay attention to like what needs to happen for you to get a good spot. Just focus on winning. Go in yeah. every single week. Be prepared and uh, just win, baby. The old Al Davis motto for the Raiders. I, I guess we'll you know we'll borrow that for a little bit here in Tampa Bay. But ten and three is a good spot to be now, Evan david cardona
1: our moderator says everybody keeps making fun of james doing the intro <laughs>
0: well <laughs> this is this
1: is this is my dream this, this, this is my dream
0: hey guys what's going on james here and in today's video we're going to be talking about wide receiver right, here we go. evan here we go. wanish so about, ladies and gentlemen i'm about to do it i'm
1: about to do it taking the podium what's his uh, i'm doing james first ready what's going on guys james here and in today's video we're going to be talking about how the tampa bay buccaneers defeated the buffalo bills by a score of 33 to 27 now this game was phenomenal by the buccaneers Uh, (laughs) (laughs) shout out james
0: Oh Shout man, ladies games and games
1: would posterize Evans. Uh, Evans in basketball. You mean Mike Evans or like me? Because he ain't no, beating he, me. he in definitely, basketball. he definitely means you. He not beating me in basketball. Oh. Right Listen, now. folks, oh. you get
0: Evan in the. Oh, I gotta post that video. Yeah, yeah. he's never threes. seen that. He's never <laughs> seen that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, ladies no and gentlemen, way. before we officially wrap things up, we do have a post-game press conference. Uh, Coach Evan Wanish makes his way to the podium. And uh, we'll get his thoughts, his final thoughts on today's game between the bucks and the bills
1: thought we really executed well. Um, you know, it came out with a few uh, blitzes there in, in, in the second half and I thought we responded to them well enough. And, um, you know, the, the defense, we really, really stepped up in some big spots for us. And, uh, yeah, the, the first half that that's exactly what we want right there. Um, uh, but just, uh, gotta, gotta play a full 60 minutes and we haven't been able to do that yet. So gotta have to work on that, of course, um, uh, get ready for new Orleans. So, um, you know I'm 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 ready to go, and uh, so it's so it this so it's going to be this this team, and it's a good football team we played out there today, and uh, it's a really good win, and uh, just really really excited to to be ten and three. Thank you so oh, much. Who, who who gets who gets the game ball? Ooh, who does get the game ball? Yeah, good question. Hmm. I was going to say Preside Perry, but he literally did nothing else. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. You know what? Everybody gets a game ball. So sure. guys yeah. get yeah. game every
0: ball. every single person out there. I gotta tell you, if I had to pick a couple of players, uh, one of them is the entire offensive line. I just thought the athleticism was was at its highest out there today. Ryan Jensen had the rough start. He was able to to to, to bounce back after that. Ryan Jensen actually pissed off Ed Oliver so bad in this game. <laughs> like, oh my
1: God. Ed Oliver picked him up and slammed him.
0: <laughs> oh my God. He was throwing punches and there was no flag to be found. Yo,
1: these refs, shout out these refs. Right? Brady hey, got they, in that dude's face. They were letting like, those they, guys. They, they say, hey, letting yeah, them.
0: how about Brady throwing the shoulder, huh? Yeah. Brady was involved in some scuffles twice today. Definitely yeah. some bad blood between Buffalo and TB twelve, but
1: Joel Enrique does. Bring up a good point. The OT winner gets a star in hockey. Okay, I'll give Perryman the game ball. Oh, okay, he gets the game ball. All right, um, Tony Evan got game on the court. Gotta fly him down for short run. Yeah, you, you got to watch out
0: for the corner threes, man. Especially he he's deadly. Like I'm, Ray I'm, I'm Allen, a
1: three, I'm a three yeah, I'm a three point shooter. He's like Shaq
0: in the paint. Ray Allen at the three point, like.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Well, not Shaq. Not Shaq in the paint. Shaq at the free throw line. Maybe I can't. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I can't. I can't shoot free throws, but I can shoot three point shots. If you give me ten three point shots and ten free throws, I guarantee you I will make more threes than free throws. Well, maybe instead of King of the Wing next year, we'll just have to do a good old fashioned game of horse. No nah, we're, we're, we're running five on five full court. What do you mean game of horse? <laughs> we'll
0: have to field a team. T- Tony.
1: So we got Tony. We got James. We got you. We got me. Um, See if we can get our guy Willie Beeman down
0: here. Yeah, too. We,
1: we, Willie will come down for yeah, that. Yeah. Fly, fly him down with you, Willie. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Freaking frig, me and Willie from Philly. Ah, oh, it's over. We we know ball. <laughs> we know
0: ball. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with all that being said, that's just about gonna do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank and you Dante so much. And Dante throws one last shot now. Oh, yeah, let's start a GoFundMe for Evan's mustache and send him to Columbia to have hair replacement. Jeez. I'll start a GoFundMe, but Columbia for hair replacement sounds a little sketchy. There's got to be some need better a, need,
1: need a CFP basketball showdown, and loser gets slimed, and winner gets an MV, MVP Nickelodeon award. I, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Thank you
0: guys so much for checking in. Dante Holmes, Joel Elrican, David Cardona, Willie Beam, and the moderators holding it down, and anybody else that I may have missed, we truly do appreciate you guys checking out the channel. Subscribe if you have not already for plenty of great Buccaneers content. Outside of the podcast, we do a whole lot, man. Weekly hype videos, highlights every now and again, uh, and some you know some side series stuff as well that you're only going to find here. So check us out. Follow the show on social media as well. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find them on Twitter at Evan NFL. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Well that's that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 10 and 3 after a thrilling overtime finish against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. The stage has been set next Sunday night. They could clinch their first division title in 14 years against the New Orleans Saints. I I mean, the movies write themselves, folks. We'll talk to you next time later on this week, possibly for the midweek mailbag edition of the show. Get your questions in cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com and uh, hit us up on any of the social media outlets as well. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys later on this week. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
1: If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
0: Saving big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape. Or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals.
1: Save big money at
0: Menards. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants.